to to him. Um, we are discussing on does prayer change things, and we have Oga Henry um, in our midst to help us facilitate that conversation. Over to you, sir Henry Madibuike. You are muted. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Am I okay to share my screen? Um, in five, four, three, one. Okay. Um, thank you, Pastor, for this platform to share this. And I pray that God will speak to our hearts and speak to us. And then <laughs> speaking here. And give us me and then um how is everyone thank you okay so today we're going to discuss uh those prayer chain things those prayer chain things so i've got uh some outline uh start from definition definitions of terms why do we pray uh god factor evidences that god has a prayer uh, human factor, and we'll wrap things up by looking at the topic would prayer change anything. Mm. So as a kind of definition, prayer is talking to God. The solemn request for help or an expression of thanks addressed to God or another deity. So based on what faith or religion you are associated with. Mm. Prayer is giving attention to God in a two-way spiritual relationship where we talk to God and also listen to him. So it's not just a one-way channel, but a two-way channel. So I've got a question. I know so early, but yeah. So what's your understanding of the two-way relationship in prayer? And have you got like any experiences that you would like to share on how you've experienced the two-way channel? If you would like to make a contribution, you can either just unmute yourself and go for it or raise your hand and we'll call you. Do we get the question? What's your understanding of the two-way relationship in prayer? And if you have any experiences to share, that would be helpful. I can go. All right. Uh, the way I understand it is when he speaks, after praying, you sit to listen to hear what he's saying. What I do is what I could, because I can't sit because of the busyness of my life at the moment. But whenever I pray, I just make sure I, I stay in that mode. At least to hear something back. Sometimes I might not hear anything. It might be an impression, or it might be someone who just bring someone to my mind to check up on them and things like that. But I've learned to just not pray and stand up immediately or stand up and move to the next issue. But to just sit on that one exactly and hear what he's saying before I move on to the other one. That's why I think, um, that's why, um, that's what I think about it. Thank you for asking, sir. Any other comments on that? I just want to add something I learned from Sister Anu is to ask questions. So after praying, then you get to just you know ask something that maybe you want a reply for because she said when you ask a question it triggers answer mm. 
So if you don't ask a question, then you're not, what are you waiting for basically? So when you're waiting to listen, what, what do you want answer to? So yeah, I learned that from Bar and I, I tried it and it does work. I stuff like that and I think it's been covered in the next slide. Um, why do we pray? And one is that prayer transforms the heart of the person praying to more to be more close to the heart of God. And for me, I think I relate more to that because I don't think I'm in the category that when uh, you pray and stuff like have a quiet time to hear something back. I mean, most times it's not always the case that I would hear something back. Some people do, but uh, so what it sort of like puts your mind in a position that, I mean, the thoughts that comes to me after that section of prayers, it's sort of like words coming back, to, coming back here, yeah, but maybe not like in a traditional convers conversational manner. But my mindset is sort of like uh, open to like receive things. And yeah, so the first point, it transforms the heart of the person praying to be more closely to the heart of God. Because this is that in the life of Jesus, uh, in the garden of Gethsemane, he was saying to God, like, if it's possible, let this cup pass over me, but not your way, but um, that will be done. And again, prayer is an opportunity to approach the greatest father of all time and openly express our needs and desires to and directly ask for help. Also in Hebrews 4, I think verse 18, so that we cannot boldly come to the kingdom of grace with confidence that we might receive grace for help in times of need. Also, prayer is one way God accomplishes his purpose in through and surrounding the one who prays. So I've put two references there, and I've got a question after this. Uh, Jeremiah 33, verse 3, I think it says that, come and come unto me, and I will tell you uh, great amount of things that are yet to come to like So, and Acts 17, 28 is basically talking about is God that uh, works in us and through us. Yeah. So, my next question would be if God is serving, why do we pray? But before that, I'll read the channel 20. Sorry, that should be 1999-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1
the easy to read version. It says there are some things that the Lord our God has kept secret. Only he knows these things. But he told us about some things. And these teachings are for us and our descendants forever. And we must obey all the commands in that law. Yeah. Just those two stand out to me, especially. So do we think that prayer is sort of like one way that God tells us the revealed things or the secret things to become like revelation? Or would it be a case of, uh, yeah, God can't do this on earth, but he needs someone to do it. So yeah, so we have to pray to get those things to know what God's plan is on earth. It's a case of like we have 100% responsibility to decide whatever happens on earth. I mean, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. So. <laughs> I was going to actually push back a bit to then first of all say, what does it even mean when, or what do you mean when you say God is sovereign? So that we can then put that in context to say, if God is that. Uh, I would say he knows everything. I think at least that. Knows but, everything. Yeah. Okay. I can try. Yeah. Okay. If he knows everything, then why do we pray? I, I struggle with that when I just became a Christian. Like, especially when I'm going through things, and I would accuse him and say, Why couldn't you? How couldn't you have like anticipated this and tell me about it if it happened? Then he will remind me and said, I did ask you to ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. It's your choice to do it. Yes, I'm sovereign, but you have your free will. Uh-huh. So you make the choice to do things, and then I will do it. Even the fact that we do make that um, um, the free will, you find that after a while, when, you, when you're entwined with God, there's no, it, it just sings like the asking and the receiving part just feels like, a, like, a, like, like life itself. And it, the, basically the line merges together and there's no, I have to ask and not before you say, because I'm already in the house already and I, I'm, I'm being privy to things that I have to come and, and I'm set up to say, okay, this is what you should do before that happens so it doesn't happen. So I think that's why we, we still need to talk to him and pray. It wouldn't just drop on our laps from heaven. If I could also add something. Um, I mean, piggybacking on what Sister Anu just said. Sister, if you want to say something. Yeah, I mean, shortly after now. Um, so you are basically saying, amongst other things, prayer is a commandment, is 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 an instruction from God, like yeah. what um, Doctor Henry quoted Jeremiah thirty three three. Call unto me; it's an instruction. It's and I will answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things. The other aspect of it that I also that came to mind, and linking this back to what um, Deji said, um, it's the fact that. It's not just, I mean, when we say prayer, oftentimes we tend to think prayer is when I talk to God to ask him to do something. For some people, that's what prayer basically is. Anything outside of that is whatever. Whereas prayer is broader than that with the definition you've given us from the beginning, that it's a conversation. And so sometimes prayer will look like, God, I want this to happen, or I want you to do this for me. But some other times prayer will look like, just like Deji was saying, I'm thanking you because you've done this. Um, I'm expressing my the way I feel presently to you um, to do something about it, whatever that would look like. And that can be, I'm feeling joyful. I want you to know I'm glad. 
uh, that can be I'm anxious. I want you to know I'm anxious if you could help me with these things that I'm anxious about. Um, so basically, like that dialogue that comes with conversation, even if it doesn't look conversational for everybody, um, like Henry was trying to explain, but the fact that we know that there are all forms of prayer besides God knows that I need this thing. And so I don't need to tell him about it or something like that. I don't need to ask from him when in fact he has given a commandment. And that process of expressing our hearts to God, whether we are making a request or we are adoring him or we are confessing our faults to him or we are asking for his help or we are thanking him, that exchange, whatever is going on in that conversation is making us to become more and more like like him, more and more like Christ, more and more attuned to live the way he wants us to live. So yeah, that, that would be my addition. Just like that. Just like that. Um, this just came to my mind. I read it from um, Paths Today by David Jeremiah, and I like the analogy you made. It said, a man in a plane flying above a town has a better perspective of the town uh, than a man walking on the streets. Okay. So if you had to choose one of the men to guide you, who would you choose? Uh, so we are like the man on the street, only seeing and understanding our immediate surroundings. Exactly. God is like the man in the plane, which sees Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you now. <laughs> It's even a call. I'll change it now. So he said he knows each details of our life. So what reason why we have to pray to him? Because he sees more. Mm. The beginning and the end, he sees far ahead of us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Um, definitely, I was going to reiterate his... Sister Nick, uh, good evening. Sister Nick is making a contribution. Okay, sorry. Okay, I was to chip in a comment. All right. So I feel personally that um, sometimes prayer is just like a sounding board for us. Sometimes you actually need to listen to yourself speak, whether you're speaking in your heart or you're speaking vocally to really appreciate what you're asking for. And then you understand and appreciate it more when you get it. So sometimes you don't really need to hear yourself speak to fully understand what you want and what you need and then appreciate it better when you get it. Yeah. So even if God already knows what you want, already knows what you need, knows what is in your heart, yeah. but then from your own perspective, do you really understand and appreciate what you want? And when you get it, appreciate it when you get it. So that's just my that's feel. Yeah. I'm sorry if I could just say something 10 seconds to add to that. Uh, like another dimension of that for me has been like in the process of eventually vocalizing whatever it is that I'm vocalizing, especially if it's a request. Mm -hmm. I found myself sometimes stopping in midway because now I can begin to see that exactly what I'm asking for, the motive behind it is maybe faulty or maybe wrong and all that. And I mean, just are talking about prayer being a sounding board for us. Sometimes it's also kind of like exposing the intents of our hearts. And so I find myself trying to edit my statements. And of course, God knows everything. <laughs> and so sometimes I'll just be like, okay, you know what? <laughs> Forget that I said that. <laughs> oh, I take that back and, and move on with the conversation any which way. So yeah, thank you. Um, wait, sorry, can I just add something? Just yeah. 10 seconds to. 
Go on. Yeah, no yeah, um, I think for another thing that I like for pretty so prayer, I think it's just penning it down. Like, it's, some, it's not every time that I get to just be vocal about, like, just for example, maybe I'm in a, a busy place with friends and stuff. I can't just say it and then I don't want to keep it in my mind. So, like, I just get my, I just get my phone, maybe just type it in my notes and phone or write it. So, I think that's another way to just, and then as I've written it down, it just feels like I've just prayed, like, like it was my mouth I used. Um, one last thing I was gonna add in this section is, so I think prayer is not something we do in response to something. So it's not basically like because I'm sick, I have to pray, because I'm in this place, I have to pray. But just like Paul we say, pray without season. So it's something that we, it's kind of, I think it's kind of like, it should be like, like, as Christians, it should be a relationship that we build up into our building to. So, um, the way we can converse with our friends, like you don't have, you don't have, have anything special to call my brother, just anything special to talk about to call my brother. So it's sort of like, yeah, we have to converse with God, not necessarily because we have any particular need. I mean, if you have something pressing, that's um, not that's not like out of the way, but yeah, it should be something that that kind of like relationship that we need to develop. And um, yeah, because there's benefit to it, just as we read in Dream 29, 29, that there are some hidden things that can put us above others when we stay in the place of prayers. Okay. Uh, thank everyone. We move forward. Yeah. So, um, because it says uh, prayer is a conversational thing, it's a two way thing. So, we look at the God side of things and also our own side of things. So, from the God side of things, in Matthew 28, verse 18, we see that God has all the authority. And in Jeremiah 32, verse 2, he can do everything. Nothing is difficult for him to do. So God can do everything. Luke 1 to 7, similar thing. Well, nothing is impossible with God. Numbers 29, 13, God is not a man. So my manifestation will be, he doesn't repent, doesn't change his mind, and he will fulfill every promise that he's made. And he does, he does he speak and not act. Um, definitely, we know that God speaks and he acts. Yeah. And First Corinthians 1 19, God who called fellowship with his son Jesus Christ, our Lord is faithful. So God's character is faithfulness. And the last one, first John 5 14. This is the confidence that we have approaching God that whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So from this last um verse, first John 5 14, there is a part of God and there's also a part of our soul. Yeah, so whenever we ask something according to his will, he hears us. So we're going to be looking at certain things as regards to our own. But before that, evidences. So um, all that I've said before was like Bible references, but how do we make sense of it? Now, if I've never met God or maybe first time Christian, how do I make sense of like when you say God is faithful? Or how can I come to that point of assurance that God is faithful? So one of the ways is through testimonies and witnesses. Um, Psalm 66 verse 17 says, come and listen, or you will fear God. Let me tell you what he's done for me. So when most times in our church services, we have sections of testimonies and we hear things that God has done for people. Maybe someone that has been sick or has been da, 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 and he prayed to God and there's a turnaround testimony to that. So it's kind of like a platform for us to like experience God's faithfulness. Now I have a quote from the ongoing shilling. Uh, so when you say that, this was, this was a clear interpretations of the truth. 
So whenever we hear what God is doing in someone's life, it's sort of like uh, an evidence that God is still working. Um, there's one story in the Bible, I think it was when Jesus healed a man that was blind from death. So the man, the guy said that, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure who that man is, but I know once I was blind, but now I can see. Mm. Just it, uh, on that testimony, miracle he did, they were asking him, of, I think, I, I'm not sure, but um, let me just say the story as I remember it, then I may be corrected. So uh, we were asking that, by which power do you do this? So we were asking them, by which power do you join the Baptist if you uh, perform these miracles? And they, were, they thought about it to themselves. If we say it's by the power of God, um, you ask why do you not believe him? And if you say it's not by the power of God, the people would stone us. Again, just say to them that if it's by God's power, we know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. So if we have those miracles among us, then it is proof of God's faithfulness and God's, um, God's hand work in our life. Now, first John 1 verse 3 says that we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, that you must have fellowship with us. So it's not just like words of um, blood and anything like that, but it's what um, evidence that they've been true and they've seen. Also, a trial would convince you. Psalm 34 verse 8, test as the Lord is good. Let's see that test repeating him. So the first word is taste. So the only way you can know if a if a water is salty or sweet or flavored or anything is that you supposed to put into the test or grab into the tongue. So if you've not tasted, you might not be able to say confidently that God is good. And I think it's very easy to like come to God because as long as you are like sincere and you want to seek, you want to seek him, you will definitely find him. So when Psalm 34 is an invitation, come I taste and see that the Lord is good. Bless the man who gets him. In Acts 17, 28, God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out to him. So is God always wants us to like experience that faithfulness of God and that sort of thing. And in that same Psalm, Acts 17 says, though he is not far from each of us. So evidences of God's faithfulness and God's personality and God's character is always among us. For now, if you link the two verses together, if you taste it, you will definitely find it. Now, the last point to that is account as um, Acts 9, verse 5. One of the story of Saul, when he was going to Damascus to uh, persecute the Christian under, he had an encounter with Jesus and said, um, Who are you, Lord? So asked, I am Jesus, we are persecuting. So he, the, that encounter did not just end in Acts, if I, if I put the books as years, but no. But it went further before that, after that. In some of his letters, you see that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He appeared to his disciples. He appeared to that, 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 And lastly, he appeared to me as well. So that encounter stayed with him. He made sense of it like, yeah, actually, guys, all I said, God is alive. Um, okay, so we move forward to the human side of things. Now, the effectiveness of, the effectiveness of our prayers is tied to our spirituality. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for cutting you short. Like you said so much in, in those, those two um, slides that I'm hoping we could um, maybe unpack or share about, especially one of the things I couldn't shake off my mind is that quote from Shiloh, um, that testimonies are the clearest interpretations of the truth. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's mind blowing. Um, and I know that of course, when, when we hear testimonies for someone like, me or with my kind of upbringing we think of that session in church service that you talk about when people say god has done this da, 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 da. and i have been guilty of in some cases um exaggerating what god has done in the process of sharing testimonies 
uh, I've been guilty of maybe trying to give the story a really wow ending so that people will know that God has really been faithful. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying I still do it, uh, I'm, but I'm saying I've been I've been guilty of that in the past. The reason why I give that example is to necessarily make the point that the way I'm seeing testimonies, I mean that I'm seeing the validity of this statement much more is actually in us, our lives being that testimony that the way we live can indeed, if someone wants to know what, what does the truth look like? Look at me and see the impact of someone that has tasted and experienced that truth. Uh, beyond me, even having to verbally tell you and give you some exaggerated details, uh, that indeed our lives as living testimonies, I think that's, that's where I'm going, um, are the clearest interpretation or arguments in support of the truth, actually. I won't necessarily say interpretation. I find myself trying to reason with someone before that is trying to just poke holes into my theology. Uh, but at the end of the day, the way I could land the conversation is on the basis of I've tasted <laughs> and seen that the Lord is good. As in, this is not a matter of, I didn't know that the Lord is good because I went to seminary. I didn't know that the Lord is good because I went to a Bible college. I have tasted and seen for myself that the Lord is good. Here is a product of someone who has undoed the goodness of God in a manner of speaking. So yeah, that just that I thought to double down on that and 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 yeah, and shooting that. Very much so. Any one comments? Well. Okay, so uh, yeah, so I was talking about the spirituality of the human. James five sixteen says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Mm-hmm. Now the emphasis on the righteous person, um, as we earlier established, that prayer is a relationship, and if we think of a relationship of like a father and something and a third party relationship, so he does which right standing with God would have more results in prayers more than um, the unrighteous person. So I'm just age 60 verse 18. If I actually cherish in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So if we want to have that conversation with God, it would be uh, with a clean heart. Um, first John 3, 22. I can't remember what's the word. Let's see. First John 3, 22. Whatever um, we may ask, we receive it from him because we follow his commands and take the path that pleases him. Yeah. So because we keep his commandments, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to establish on that. John 15, 14, I think is if we remain in him and his word abiding us. Yeah. So yeah, uh, John 15, verse 7 should probably be if we love, to love one another, something like that. Okay, yeah, so I have this, that relationship is one kind of pointer from that and the spirituality side of things. Also, I think in Jeremiah, it says that God's hand is not too short to save us, nor is there to be to us, but it's something that separates us from him. So yeah, um, the effectiveness of prayer is linked back to the spirituality of the person praying. Now, the quality of prayer, Hebrews 11 verses, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone that who comes to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So the first point is point of faith and the point of believing you have to have faith in what you pray. It also ties down to what James was talking about in James 1, 6, 
to seven. But when he asked, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of sea blown and tossed by the wind. Um, that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. So that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Uh, so we ought to pray from a standpoint of faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Even though we have not uh, seen the result of it, but we know uh, we have the assurance that we're praying for something that would that God can do. Again, I said before, Elop in the God side of things, he's faithful and he can do everything. So stuff like that confidence that we approach God in the place of prayer. So Ezra 8:21. Then I proclaim the first there at the river. Yeah. So uh, I was ashamed to ask the king, a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way, because we are spoken unto the king, saying. The hand of the Lord is upon all that seek him for good, but his power and his words are against them who forsake him. And we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was invited to us. So this was Ezra trying to get protection, and he was already like made an assurance to him that our God will save us. Our God will save us. I mean, for me, I'll look at it like a boost. I'll boost it like our God will save us. So when he tells himself, like, mm, are we actually safe? He said, like, okay, I can't go back to the king, but he went back to the place of prayer to confirm to God what he's boasted about. Um, and the last thing is the state of our mind and our motives. James 4, verse 3. Yes, but you do not receive because. James 4, he asked and received not because he asked and missed and he spent it in the flesh. Sorry, I didn't imagine. When you ask, no receive because you ask with the wrong motives mm. that you may spend all you've got your pleasure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we ask because we, we don't receive because you ask at me. So our prayers are not effective because they are not properly channeled. And again, our motives in Acts 8, 18, 3 is all about the story of Simon the Sorcerer. Yeah. So when he was gonna, he was asking for the Holy Spirit. I will remember in was it not in Matthew 7, 7 just saying that we do not get to give everyone. The Holy Spirit, as anyone that asks for the Holy Spirit to give it to him. So here's a man asking for the Holy Spirit. So his request, I know judgment was genuine, but his motive for that was very wrong. He was asking, because um, of time, I don't want to read that much um, of the Bible, but yeah, that was all the story. Basically, so, he wants to be able to lay hands on people and see them fall the way they are supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, so so yeah, he had a very wrong motive. I think it was, it was back to money as well. He was trying to get yeah, money from yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he wanted, he offered them money. And, and, right. and I think the, the other guy cursed him, like, if you ever do that again. Da, 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 da. Okay. So, yeah. as much as the, um, you might ask it was something that is not sinful, but again, if your motive is wrong, yeah. You might not okay. So for him, he got punished for um, a cause. It's not a blessing, actually. Okay, so here ends my sermon or my teaching or my talk. <laughs> now <laughs> everyone's gonna play a part in this. So I've got four case studies, uh, basically four prayers from I looked from the Bible. And we're going to, I just want us to discuss like but um again, most of them has like a prayer and the result of the prayer. So I will say it changed something. If oh, there's a question there, but I'll give you the answer. The prayer changes something, yeah. So we're going to look at what elements, we're going to be discussing like what elements of that prayer was, or what's to that, what's to that to you, the way the prayers was framed, or not basically the English or the grammar, but um, 
Yeah, the elements behind the prayers. I've kind of like highlighted a couple of things in yellow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my own consumption, but feel free to like point out whatever to that for you. So we've got like four of them and I'm hoping we spend probably maybe five minutes on each of them. Yeah. So the first one is from Luke 18, one to six, the parable of Jesus. And yeah, so the floor is open to everyone, anyone that wants to contribute. So should we, like we, we, we as we are reading it like this, we can go ahead with our contribution. Yes, yeah, exactly like I've highlighted that um, always give prayer and not give up. So from there I can see that prayer has to be like persistent and um, without season and not give up. So if you want to like read the whole paragraph and or maybe as you're reading, something might jump up to you. Uh, can, can I skip the first one and jump to the next one? Uh, why is that? <laughs> it sounds like my mom's prayer. <laughs> um, okay, maybe I could like scan through the four cases then. But, and just pick from uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Then we can come back to the first and pick them one after the other. Yeah. But I finished reading this. So second one is about the believer's prayer. When they were being threatened and oh. they went back to God to say, God, it was the grace to to pray and miracles and that third one is prayer of Nehemiah. Yeah, before he went to rebuild the world, uh-huh. so he was praying to God and basically he was asking God for favor in the sight of the king and for the whole process within the world of Jerusalem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, next one is Elijah. Uh-huh. And the last one is Hezekiah when he was being threatened by the Amorites and the king. Okay. Okay, I was just joking earlier though. I'll start with the number first one. Um, always pray and never give up. What that you want me to say what it tells me, right? And next it mustn't be the anything happening. So the yellow ones are just what I just annotated for my own self, but just pick on any any aspect of the prayer too. The part of praying and not giving up. The first I, idea I had about it was all this remain in prayer and then hot hot sweat dropping from your face shaking your head prayer and things and and when i hear them say it in church always pray never give up it just tires me but it makes me feel as though i'm not doing enough and that there's more there's much more anointing and grace for some people that can pray and stuff but i've learned that what this means is not that it's not it's not in the vigor it, like you said earlier is the communication just keep communing with him and never give up on that because life will throw things at you where you find talking to God, like, by the way, like, what would it do for me when I need, when I know people to call and they're telling me to call this person in London to help me? Like, it's just, just keeping, keeping him first and just never giving up on him or on, on talking to him. That's, that's important. And that's what I've picked. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. I think since we've at least have an idea of all the case studies, if anybody wants to comment on any particular one, even if it's not whichever one is on the screen, then we can go to that one as well. But this first one in Luke 18, one of the things that came across to me um, is the fact that initially, I mean, years back, my misunderstanding of it has to be that, you know, because this is a parable that Jesus gave, 
um, and that what Jesus was saying is that I also then need to, you know, continue to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray so that God can eventually do that one thing that I've been asking for, um, in which case there are a couple of issues with that. One prayer is not necessarily just all about grant me justice or do this for me. Um, and then the other side of it is that this parable is actually a parable of contrast as opposed to a parable of comparison in the sense that Jesus is not saying that this bad judge is, is like God. God can never be like an unjust judge to start with or a corrupt judge. Um, but because it says there, there is a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And that's, that's definitely a misrepresentation of God. But Jesus is saying, if someone as wicked and unjust as that kind of a judge would, because of this woman's persistence, eventually give her what she's asking for, how much more will he for the chosen ones, how much more will he quickly respond to us in that sense? So he says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen one who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And that's a rhetorical question. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and how quickly, however, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Which is another question. So yeah, that's that's my thought on that particular first one. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, for me, I think the faith is very important because at the end of the day, all Jesus said is concluding was that God can do it. He will give you justice quickly, but will he find faith on earth? And as I said earlier, that faith is a very important element in prayer. So um, it's one, because some miracles that Jesus did, it's like, because of your faith, like your faith has delivered you. Because yeah, most times, they, some of them didn't deserve it, but it's like, because of your faith, you had it. Yeah, so uh, the only variable he was not sure of was, he was sure that God would do it quickly, but will he find faith on earth? And again, the, I think also the specificity of their prayers grant me justice against my adversary. Uh, just, and what, I think it was in Matthew chapter 5, we were talking about people that pray with many words. So again, I'm not I'm, I'm saying that your, your prayer has to be like one word prayer. I mean, sometimes, but uh, the quality of your words, how does it, because sometimes people kind of like want to ask you for something. Mm. You need a pen, but it might be like, uh, you know, five years ago, I, I saw the pen, four years ago, I saw four pen. <laughs> but again, all you're seeing doesn't like add any value to your request. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I think like humans, it kind of like sometimes I, I don't find it funny, like when people do that, uh, but I'm just thinking like how God will feel. And I've, I mean, if God, you just said that, yeah, it doesn't, your many words doesn't like um, add anything to the quality of your prayers. But yeah, sometimes it might just be, okay, this is what I need. Um, Hannah said to the great, uh, her prayer was like, the song, stuff like that. So uh, yeah, the specificity of our prayer as well and the faith as well. So if you go to the next case study. So this is a prayer by Nehemiah. Now, fasted, I think it's the first time I mentioned the word in all the prayer. <laughs> so he added fasting to his own. And we know the Bible saying something that some this kind doesn't go up by except by prayer and fasting. So at some point, fasting is required. And I, I also said that fasting is not just um, starving. Because when there's no prayer to your fasting, I don't know <laughs> what that uh, turns out to be. But yeah, it has to be accompanied with prayer. So fasted and prayed before God of heaven. So but another dimension that is of like in each in this is he said by that exaltation, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love 
to those who love him and keep his commandments. So that's kind of like worship. And you know that God, I know you know all things, or you can do all things, or like we, if we kind of like um, adopt the, our Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So that's sort of like exaltation. And we can also see, I confess the sins of the Israelites. It comes back to that spirituality because he knows that, I mean, he has the fact that if I have anything in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So there has to be that point of like, we um, settling every matter of sin. I also think that God is also faithful. In fact, one, he said that if he said we have no sins, we see ourselves. I think it's chapter two. I mean, maybe that's in chapter one. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us at the place of my righteousness. And also, if you look at verse eight and of this Nehemiah one, remember also when you remind God of his covenant and of his faithfulness, maybe things he's done for you in the past. Um, I used to give this example of David when he went to meet Goliath. He said that when I went to find, when I was finding my father's flocks, um, and the deer or the wolves, whatever animals came after them, he went after them. And when they came after him, he told them. So he understood that there was a power that kept him in the wilderness, and that's of like what kept him going to face Goliath. So also it could be our own testimony. Remember, you fought for our fathers. Remember, you did that, 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 that. And also, when you remind God of His faithfulness, also kind of like builds your faith to the next level. So, and the last now I'm gonna say on this is. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. If you read chapter two of this same um, Nehemiah, we see that the guy was a court bearer. He went to the king to serve his normal went to the king. And honestly, when I first read this place, I was I paused because I was surprised. Like, how would the king observe the countenance of a servant, a court bearer? So again, it boils down to what he prayed about. Like the prayer made the king to observe his countenance. The king said to him that I've never seen this side before. What's the matter? And he's narrating how his father's plant has been arranged and how he hopes to go and rebuild it and all of that. So there was an instant response of his prayer. Oh. Yeah, but um, to his prayer, yeah. Any further comments to this? Oh. I want to comment on. Um um being in all of his name um because yeah this, he, he kept on referring himself as a servant uh -huh. that's humility and he kept on referring to the fact that he's in all like he fears the lord and that gave him that boldness to demand not demand to ask <laughs> that gave him that boldness to ask in humility i'm your servant uh, I, um, I fear you so much. I mean, all of you. So he has that, that confidence to just, you know, ask for those things. Even when he said, um, he said, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. That's God talking. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was the servant. Yeah. Um, he said, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant. And to the prayer of your servants who delight in referring your name. So that's confidence. And that's what we need when we are praying as well. When we are um, doing his commandments, we'll have that confidence to be able to ask boldly of him. Thank you. And also I think it still boils down to that relationship. Because example, like if you don't know that God can forgive your sin. Now, if you need them to pray, uh, maybe you've done something like it's kind of like uh, judging your 
mind and he wouldn't if not if like example if Nehemiah didn't have God there's a provision for his for him to ask forgiveness of sin. Now you have that judgment in your mind that like maybe it's person devil because okay yeah if I said that it comes back to God being sovereign he has a plan for us he has a will for humanity and for us but again from John 10 verse 10 that there are two things playing out there so that the devil has come to kill this time to destroy but I've come there in my heart life I have my abundance so there's one other person trying also to push his own agenda oh. in that at that same time as God so is um nothing for us to know the voice of God as know that okay we have this confidence to come before him to ask to receive uh, forgiveness and what price this has paid for us if we don't have that relationship with God to know what provisions there with God and again we can know all that through the study of the Bible um yeah it might be tricky to be able to like minimize the voice of the devil and focus more on talking to who we want to talk to uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I think that's pretty much from Daniel's raising a hand. Okay. I just wanted to ask a question, backtracking on what you said about long prayers. I have seen um, an example. There was a time, Pastor, please remind me, was it Simon that got stoned and Paul? Uh, sorry? Stephen. Stephen, yeah, and it was like this. So, so before he got stoned, yeah, he. When the people questioned him that, oh, why, why, why do you think you're the best person ever? Thinking, he, he let them calm down, and he and he took them back to where Abraham's time, like he took them back to see the level, the level of stubbornness each generation. Then he said, when Jesus now, when Jesus has come to this their generation, and they are still doing the same thing, can they not see that they are still of the, uh, um, they still having that stubbornness? Then again, um, Paul too. When Paul was caught and he was taken before a pope, a pope, I think, I'm not sure which one. And he said, because it was a Roman, he wants to be before the bishop or the main ogre to state his case. And when he got there too, he backtracked and reminded him of what happened in the time of Abraham until now. So I'm thinking in terms of prayer, it, sometimes it might be useful to actually do that backtracking before you do the main main um request or say the thing you want to say in the sense that reflections when we're praying through reflections it helps us it, it brings things to our remembrance that takes the weight and the pressure off what we are looking for at the time or what we are really really desperate for and and in the prayer you find this calm and peace because you can you can remember and thank god if does that make sense henry Emmy, Dr. Henry. Um, well, I, I, I believe that if the those of like reflections, they are helpful, but I'm not sure how to explain what I mean by many words. <laughs> yeah, but I, I agree with you, like your own perspective is right. Uh, that, yeah, maybe if I find a better way to like express that, uh, Thank you. Hey, yeah, I think I skipped this. Acts 4, 24 to 31. So one of the things is that you need to in prayer. Um, 
in this case, they're not asking for anything. I mean, most of them, they were not, they were not asking for personal requests or personal needs. Yeah. Um, in this case, the apostles were asking for the church. Yeah, boldness to preach the word. So again, when they heard this, their voice, they raised their voice together in, in prayers to God. Uh, and what that Bible said that um, when two of two of fish are going to be done in heaven. So guys, this agreement in prayers. And again, the introduction, sovereign Lord, they said, you have made the heavens and earth. So again, that acknowledgement of who God is and what is done. Now, again, their prayer was very clear. Now, Lord, consider their choice and enable your servant to speak with your word with great boldness. Uh, that's what I and that. And end of it, the response, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So again, it um, solidifies the fact that prayer can give things. Now we'll ask that, okay, now God's given the Holy Spirit in chapter one of chapter two. So he sent them out, Matthew 8, verse 28, go ye, I mean, disciples. But now they had a challenge. Obviously, God will be like, I uh, think that, yeah, God, you know that this is happening to your church. You should as well, like, take off uh, maybe Saul and the people that were opposing the church. But again, they had to pray for that um for this uh boldness to come to preach the word and this was chapter four i think the chapter five six guys in the church went into samaria and the other parts of the world so he also he obviously from the place of prayer so again prayer changes things is not just like personal stuff but like generational matters um some chapter and chapter two so the acts and I will give nations to you. Oh God, this is out of my So even nations can be requested in the place of prayer. So it's not just like there's nothing so like um I don't know. So basically prayer is about anything and everything, yeah. but um things that concern you, that concern your generation, even things that happen like for 40 years to come, it can also be prayed, it can also be um captured in the place of prayer. Example was who was the prophet in Book chapter one. Ananias, Ananias, Zechariah. Not Zechariah. Uh, the guy was, that was still in the temple that God said that he will not find. Yeah. Simeon, yeah. 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 that he won't see death to his see the Messiah. And I'm sure from the time that he got that word to the time it happened, it might not be, I'm not sure how many years it was, but I'm sure it wasn't like five, ten years. He said, I think I'm thinking it will be a long time. So, um, yeah, even prophecies are also beheld in case of prayer. So, Again, I doesn't like keep that fact that prayer has to be anything, not just uh things of like God and need an admission and it's to get married or I need that, 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 that. I mean that's not bad prayer, but again, it's just covers a lot of things. Um yeah, I think we've done that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so again, in our reference to James chapter five, it's of like reference back to this. He said that Elijah was a man of like mind, like me and you. And he prayed that there would be no rain for three and a half years. So in verse 17, verse 1 is stuff like that same story. And as a lot, so if you spoke again, I don't know if our class is as prayer, <laughs> because I can't see the way you say that. I mean, like to pray to God. Uh, I mean, I want to, I, I would like to get those thoughts on that. But it was just like his own pronouncement, like as the Lord God Israel lives once I that we never know about this except by at my word. So I want to get your thoughts, like. So I see that as, you know, we, in terms of 
praying for things. There, there mm -hmm. are two possible dimensions to that. There is you talking to God about situations, and there are times that you speak to situations about your God. And both of them are valid depending on the condition. Jesus said, speak to the mountain. If you have faith like a mustard seed, you will yeah. say to this mountain, not to God. Be that remove and be cast into the sea. But whatever it is that you are speaking, you're speaking it in the authority and in the name. To pray in the name of Jesus is to pray in the authority of Jesus. That's, that's why this is in my own understanding, prayer. Because it started by saying, as the Lord the God of Israel leaves whom I serve. In other words, everything that I'm going to say next, even though it might look like I'm saying by my words, it's not by my words. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking because I'm standing on the authority of the Lord God of Israel whom I serve. Um, it looks like what David also said to Goliath. Everything I'm saying and saying that I will do to you, I will do it to you because I'm standing as it were um, in defense of the authority of the God of Israel, whom you have ridiculed. So yeah, Sister Praise. Good evening, everyone. Okay, so contribution is on, I was just thinking that prayer in Acts, where the apostles were praying for boldness. Oh, I was just thinking, why boldness? Like, why was it boldness that just came to their mind to pray? But they didn't pray about God should show forth his power to these people that are opposing the gospel and all. And as I was just thinking about it, it just came to my mind that it's because um, it came from a point where they actually understood what the will of God was at that point in time. They had, they've been commissioned to preach the gospel and they knew that at that point they needed to be able to preach the gospel and for the gospel to spread as far as it could go. And the, um, the opposition they were facing at that point was um, injuring that purpose and the prayer point that could come to mind was okay they needed um boldness to be able to preach and to continue in that will of God and you know that's actually why it would not I don't want to say why it would seem because actually prayer changes things but when you pray according to the will of God it is it is always effective because God's will will definitely come to pass. So when we pray according to God, you know, there's always emphasis, even in scriptures, when they talk about prayer, there's always this emphasis on praying according to the will of God. I think um, Dr. Henry quoted one scripture where he was saying, um, we, this is the confidence we have that when we pray according to your will, we know you hear us. And there's just this, um, I do, should I call it special? There's just this effectiveness that comes with praying alongside the will of God. Then it makes me remember um, during Dr. Henry's um, teaching, it was, he mentioned something about the quality of prayer and how did he even put it? Quality of prayer and the arts of the person or something like that. And I also remembered something that um, someone said, um, prayer is compared to incense, like, if we see in the Old Testament, when they talk of prayer, or, we say, or when they want to offer sacrifice to God, they call it burn incense and all. And the person was saying, incense is not just um, bringing things, any material together. Incense actually has its components. There are things that make up what they burn that is now incense. And um, comparing it to prayer, it is um, just like some people will be like, oh, they can pray, but they are, they are, say they are the prayer guys, they are not really the word guys. Actually, prayer should emanate from studying the word of God. We, if we feel we pray 
you pray, pray, you have so solid prayer points, you can pray for long hours, you can do this, and you don't really study the word, then the, according to the person said, your prayer doesn't carry much substance because prayer actually is made up of something. Yes, Dr. Henry talked about the arts of which we are offering the prayer, the art of a person that is offering the prayer, yes, which is also very important. And you can only understand, I know we're talking about the will of God, praying according to the will of God. So we can only understand the will of God through his word. And it is through his word, when we read his word, we'll be able to understand what his will is and we can also pray accordingly. Thank you. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I just think because like if we read, I think the chapter, chapter nine, I know it's that I understand, I understood through books that the exile was going to last after a number of years. And he began to pray towards that. And for, again, I think emotions doesn't bring answers to prayer. For example, if I go by my emotions, like, um, I don't want the world to end. I mean, <laughs> that's my own emotion, that's my own thoughts. It doesn't change the fact that it's a day as because that was that he set a day for judgment. So no matter how much we fast and pray for one, come together as a church and pray about it, and it wouldn't change things. I remember uh, 2020, when COVID first started, my thoughts were like, when I first want to pray for against COVID, or like, what if God has a plan for COVID? And the truth is that even no matter how much you feel bad about it, and um, blah 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 blah, and you got the faith is not God's will. I mean, it might still just be your own emotions. But yeah, I agree. Prayer has to stem from a heart of a heart that is supposed to go down, a heart that understands God's will. Okay. Um, any other contribution for our continue? Okay, so the last case study is Isaiah 37, 15 to 21. This also found in Second Kings chapter 17. <laughs> so uh so this is a prayer for Hezekiah. I mean Hezekiah is more popular when he prayed for uh to his life, but this is another story about him. Um okay, again, so his preference was so that kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Lord, are the only God. So this is what he's prayed for, sorry, because you have prayed to this account concerning me. Yeah. And again, because of the prayers that he have prayed, it's sort of like brought a response or brought about a change to the circumstance. So again, we know for sure like prayer changes things. And when we pray, God, yes, and because God hears, God answers. And yeah, what I was going to say before was Psalm 82 verse 6 says that we are God's. So a point comes like, I am that's emphasis to Elijah. So a point comes when you function as God as well. So we mustn't like, we mustn't be like, yeah, something's happening and you have to pray traditionally um, in the name of Jesus. Sometimes it can just um, evoke a change just because you have that mind of God in you. I'll give, it, I'll give, it, I'll give, it, I'll give it a reference from the Bible. So Paul was in a meeting and this woman was saying things like, oh, this is Paul and that, that, listen to him. First day, second day, third day. All days, Paul were like, yeah, I am. he had to cast out that spirit from her. So in that sense, sometimes you have that odd of what is not right and you instantly correct it just because you have God. I'm going to see that and God has given us that sort of dominion over um, things as well. 
So some things are not just like vocal prayers. You know, I think prayers mustn't just be like vocally, like you have to like say it or that, that, that. But sometimes your mind is at when your mind is at with God, everything sort of like works for a good. Romans 18 says that for God is for the good of them that love God and are uh, to So again, I think also prayers might not just be vocal words, might just be service, but that might be a different aspect of prayers <laughs> because um, there was this guy in the Bible, I can't remember his name in the book of Acts. Actually, two of them, one was in us and one was in the face of Jesus. It's that uh, we have to visit this man because he's with our temple. He's done that, he's done that, he's done that. So all his good works, okay, the one in Acts, I think was the leader, right? So all their good works came to God as a an offering. So I would say that their good works actually create their own prayers for them. But yeah, so it does like different, I think that's still like just that different dimensions to one subject. Prayer. Okay, as we round up, let's hear your own effective prayer story. I will start from mine. I have one very small one. I mean, small, not relatively, but yeah. So this was years back. Uh, one of them, so, I mean, probably like 10 years ago, thereabouts, <laughs> after one of my routine fasting periods. So I was in Nigeria then. Um, there was no electricity at that time. So when I, I think I did my fasting at 12. So I prayed to God like before 1, 1 p.m. So it was 12, uh, 12 p.m. So before 1, 1 p.m. that Nepa, as it was called, then should pray by the light. Whatever the grammar is. Yeah. So <laughs> and I was surprised when I got to 12.45, the light came back. And to me, I mean, then it was, for me, I don't, I don't see prayer as presidents. Yeah, presidents or something like that, yeah. I remember I prayed about it, and before that 1 p.m. clock mark, I saw the lights. Um, I mean, I've got many of them, but I just want to share this one. So, but yeah, uh, I don't know if anyone wants to like share their own effective prayer story. I remember that we talked about testimonies being sort of like a proof of, um, a clear proof of God's faithfulness. So, you might not know, the testimony might encourage someone to seek God more. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have something to say. Okay. Okay. Um, hi everyone. Um, so uh, those this this actually did happen in 2018. Um, that was it was my first time having to go do um work outside my office environment because I'm a safety I'm a high safety um professional where I get to train train engineers um that work with the telecom industry on how to climb the telecom tower safely and you know, install it or erect it from from foundation to to finish so i had this company lafarge to go train in ogun state it was my first time um going to do stuff like that but then the the course i was going to go train them on it was actually my um i was only two months old let me put it that way like wow two months um like old you know i was just new newly thought about it i'm a facilitator so what we do sometimes is if we have a new course to train um if there's a course to train to a client um i would get trained on that course and then get to train that client stuff mm -hmm. like that so i was sent to train these guys that are 20 years experienced already mm -hmm. they just they you know they didn't get this professional certification so 
I had to go down to train them so they can get certified and then get to do their work. Um, so I went there. I, I haven't really gone through my materials and stuff like that, but I, and I was so scared because when I, when I went there, you know, asked a few questions and I got to know that these guys are not newbies. They are professionals, like expatriates, experienced ones. So, you know, on a good day, if you talk rubbish, they go, no, you know, they, it's like you trying to go and expose yourself, you know, but then I was a little bit, I was, I was, I would, I would not lie. I was scared. I was very nervous. Everything that goes with that, I, it was, it was my, my person at that time. But then I prayed. I was like, I was like, God, I know I haven't really even read my manual very well to really understand some really important aspect of it. But I prayed. I was like, God, just see me through this time. I, I need, I need wisdom beyond, beyond, um, the yeah. books some i need i need i need the holy spirit to put words in my mouth and this is i know this is not preaching like you know preaching god's word so god puts words in your mouth and stuff like that so this is something natural <laughs> but then the way this whole thing played played out was very very it's unbelievable i i i always like i'm um, sharing this story i i went in there and you know did this training and i had this particular guy that he was telling me this on the last day of the training. He told me he, he came prepared, like he went and Googled, he Googled all the questions anybody can possibly ask on that course. Like he was ready. He was, he's from Cross River State. He was like, Mr. Ifain, I was ready for you. You know, but then whenever I'm teaching them and then he gets to ask me a question, I answer. You know, he, he would make this statement. Oh, just like I saw in the manual you gave me. Just like I saw in the manual you gave me. Meanwhile, my people, I never read the manual. <laughs> I never really read that manual like that. However, those words came into my mouth. However, the wisdom dropped. Oh. I can't really see. It, it was after the training, I went back to do my study. I, I don't know if you guys understand oh. this because it, it sounded very, 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 very stupid. But it was, it was how God played, played out in that situation. I mean, he put the words in my mouth. I only knew a little, but according to the, uh, the feedback from the client, I was, they were like, they've seen my boss did the training, who is like over 30 years experience on the job. They've seen my project management, and my project manager done that same training, who is like over 15 years experience on the job, but that mine is the best. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, it's, it, it, it after that, after after that incident, the um, Philippians four verse um, six and seven became very clear to me. You know, um, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let's and with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And verse seven says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding would guide your heart. This was exactly what happened. That surpassed all understanding. God, the Holy Spirit guided me and I was able to deliver beyond everybody's expectation. And because of that training, um, Lafarge company now decided, they said I was going to go train all their regions. I went to Gombe after that to train them. And the next place I'm going to this December is in Cross River State. And once I do that, I've covered everywhere in Nigeria. So that was how it played out. And the prayer was, was very, very helpful. Thank you, sir, for sharing that. That was... That's amazing. Thank God for that. Any one minute this morning story? Just a minute. Can we still ask questions? Yeah, no problem. 
Okay, quick one. I just it just dropped in my mind when you shared your testimony about um throwing how do I put throwing the fleas like okay. what Gideon did. Yeah. As believers now, are we permitted? Should we use the word permitted? Like to is it not like we're trying to test God? Okay, when you feel like okay, you've just prayed about something or something something's just happened and you feel like okay you want to just put this to the test are we but i just remember the post of pastor last shared one time i think we were sharing about he and um, mama elias that he threw the fleece dead i was like he, he would he would send her if they call me back something or something like that like if she should send him a time instead of calling him back then he would know she's the one or something like that and he immediately put the caveat there that he, he like we shouldn't that has just his own i don't know how he put it but my own summary is sh- can we put that um, can we throw in the fleas like okay just to test or we're not just permitted to do it but gideon did it and it was fine for him yeah um i think that's a difference between test and t-a-s-t-e so yeah. yeah okay <laughs> so i think the other one testing goods i mean i think that's the one that is not permitted that's not right mm-hmm. but tasting good not i mean tasting yeah because as i said before the only way you can experience something is you have to try it because again um if i have to pray if i believe that god can heal the sick i have to pray for the sick to <laughs> See God do that. Uh, but I get what I mean, but I say I think it still boils down to your motive of uh, doing that. Because um, again, Peter said to Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. I walked on the water. So because he came at he was sincere to reach out to Jesus. And if it was just that Peter, I mean Peter is, Peter is a fisherman, so he seen water all his life. So if it was just a case of like working on or having that thought of like can actually work on water. I think he must have tried that if I maybe wouldn't, wouldn't have heard anything about Peter at this time. I don't know if anyone's like if I, could, to if I could chip in, especially because she, she referenced me <laughs> and the example. I mean, immediately she started the question. That issue came back to mind. And every time I relieve or reenact the drama in my mind, I can't but both on the one and think of how stupid was that and two, how God glorifying was that in the same instance. Um, and that's because, I mean, to start with, Gideon did not have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. Um, but in our prayer, just like we have been saying ever since we started, there are times that, I mean, our prayer is supposed to be shaped out of the sincerity of our hearts out of the sincerity of our situation, out of wanting to express how we feel before God. And there are times that in spite of you having the Holy Spirit, you just feel ever so overwhelmed and confused and you're just like, you're desperate to serve God and God's will alone. That you're like, God, I really wish your will can be clearer in this particular instance. Um, I think that was the kind of space in which I found myself. And if I look back really, and I'm being honest with myself when I drew this place, basically trying to get a confirmation on whether or not so-and-so person is the person I'm supposed to marry. Um, Because as of that time, there were already conflicting narratives from what I believe I think God is saying vis-a-vis what some other people were saying, namely my parents, especially. Um, And 
that was what led to that point of, of throwing a fleece to say, God, ah, you've said this, you've said this, you pointed this out, you pointed that out. Okay, can I, can I be really weird and ask for one more confirmation and say, okay, I'm going to do this thing that I've not exactly done to her before. And if she responds like this, I would know that, which is not supposed to be our default response. But if she responds like that, I would know that definitely above all else, you are surely in this. And exactly that was how it played out. Now, the issue, the way you would know that that was God in the midst of it is if you then ask her on her own side of the narrative, that why did you do what you did? How, why did you respond the way she, you responded? She came back to say, I was told, God instructed me to respond like that. And so weighing both sides of the combo, you would see that God is in it. But again, I will never recommend that to anybody except... <laughs> In your own personal work with God, you have gotten to a place where you have a track record that you can lean back on to know that clarity would come. And Psalm 32 verse 8, I will instruct you in the way that you should go and I will guide you with my hands. And sometimes you will do that in ways that are totally way different from how we would normally expect them to. But if you are desperate to serve him, if you don't have ulterior motives, if all you are after is I want your will and not my will. That's prayer. That's, that's prayer at its best. God, I don't want to make a mistake. All I want is your will, not mine. Whatever that would look like, whatever it's going to cost, I want your will. I think that was, that was, that was the premise for that. And yeah, I just thought to chip that in. But again, Gideon didn't have the Holy Spirit. We have that advantage. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I'd like to share something, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um. I feel that uh, while God is God and then he will do what is best for you. I think most people don't realize that God has a certain very complicated sense of humor. And he might not decide, let me shock this girl. He will shock you. Shock you being, he give it to you or he doesn't give it to you. As in, if you read through the Bible, you realize that in talking donkeys and all that, God really have a very complicated sense of humor. So sometimes I feel that he does, does it for yet. Okay, he's going to do what is best for you. But sometimes, let me just throw this humor in there. Oh. And even if your request is bizarre, okay, I want to test God for this. He might give you, might not give you, but this reason might probably be just fold his hand and watch back and see how he reacts to that. I feel that happens sometimes. It happens to me sometimes. Yeah. yeah sure. I think so as well. There's a question on okay. the church too. I don't know if you want to take it. Just can you give insights on the Balaam type of prayer where he was instructed in a particular manner, but he kept asking God, like God has told him what to do, but he kept asking God like the same thing again and again until eventually God told him, God told him to do otherwise. And I think that that basically just ties into what Sistanike just said just now. Because, I mean, it's clear in that instance that Balaam's motive was flawed. Uh, yeah, seeing the money that is and the promises that are attached to him responding in a particular way to those people that the king has sent, and he wants the money, and so he kept asking God as though, God, let's let's how about you edit your will in this instance mm -hmm. and and make it fail until eventually God actually said, okay, you know what, go for it, and that led, of course, to the incident of the talking donkey when an angel would stand on the way and things like that. So. Yeah, I believe that it's, it's again a question of really what's our motive for what we are saying in prayers. Um, 
I was sharing with our church members a couple of first days ago, how earlier in that day, I was praying at the point. I was in the kitchen and I was praying. And as I was praying, I was wishing that my wife would walk in at that point and see that I'm praying. And the reason was simply because she has just done something that I felt like she hurt me. And I wanted her to see that I'm telling God about what he just did. Let her come and see now. <laughs> and immediately as I was talking to God about that, I felt like I, I naturally just felt stopped in my tracks. Like, what exactly are you doing? What's the motive? It's not like I'm, you don't get, I'm not exactly talking to God in the sincerity of how I should talk to God because my wife disappointed me. I'm talking to God with the intention that I hope she can walk in and see that I'm talking to God crazy guy but that's sometimes how how crazy we can be <laughs> now and how foolish we can be in our dealings with god and so naturally i just stopped in my tracks and apologized to god and of course everything played out well from there on. so yeah our motives really and i also think that um sometimes god wants us to look beyond what we ask for because uh-huh. uh again i remember this Seven still that Jesus sent to go and evangelize. They were like, "Oh, now we are very, we are joyful because um, they will bow to us and da 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 da." And just like be happy because we are in the book of life. So sometimes we can ask for like maybe running an iPhone 13, and God will be like, "Okay, yeah, take it." But the whole picture of getting that gift is not just for you to think that all God can do for you is to give an iPhone 13. But it's a bigger picture of like that relationship with Him. So most times the testimonies of like you pray for something that you got um, the answers to that. It's not entirely that what all God does is to give people cars. I mean, he could do that freely, but it's, it's a bigger picture of like, he wants you to come more closely to him. Uh, and also, yeah, I will point the case of Abraham and um, Abimelech. Yeah. So when Abraham went to was it Egypt and the king took his wife and again, Abraham, I don't think Abraham prayed, prayed against the king, but because of that relationship Abraham had with God, God had to fight for him even instantly. Although he told the king that Sarah was his sister. So, but again, because of that closeness of Abraham to God, mm. it was some things that you don't actually like pray about. God goes ahead of you and enforces your own thoughts to it and your own um so fight for you. Let me do what fight for me in that in that uh, case. But something might be very ignorant of it, but because of that sincerity you have of your closeness with God, God fights for you. I mean, I have personal testimonies to that, but yeah, if you are very sincere to God, second things, even though you are, you might be wrong, but God fights for you in that instance. Because again, okay, let me just give a couple of things to that. I can't remember the particular chapter, but it's the book of Psalms. I was like, I think maybe someone is up to, I can't, I'm not too sure. They say that, blesses the man whose transgressions go that to depart from him. So now you think of it that way, some people actually like, I mean, the person that human being has transgressed, has a sin, but God has taken that sin away from him. And I would think that, I, I, I don't take by my word, but I might think that person maybe has never confessed that sin. But even before you confess the sin, God has taken that sin away from you. But again, the one I'm sure of is, I think it was the book of Jeremiah, Bible says that even before you speak, I hear, I get heard you. So there's something that even before they even pray, pray for something, God has even heard them. Even maybe why they're even thinking about it, God has answered them. And again, see that why you are here to speak, I've answered you. So um, it's all about that. It's not about what you ask, it's not about the elements of the things you pray about or the, the request you make, but it's about that relationship, that closeness. Um, yeah, God wants to be with us. Okay, let's tie things up.
again, before I read my concluding slide, I will have to read something from John 15, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It's an open check. If you read the part of it, ask whatever you need and it will be done for you. But it starts with a word, if, conditional statement. If you remain in, in me and my words remain in you. So you can't jump that part to read the other part. Similar thing with Deuteronomy chapter 28. First, <laughs> verse one says that um, if you obey the Lord your God and do, 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 do you shall be verse 15, shall be the head and not the toe. But if you go to primary team, Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, you shall be the head alone and not the toe. And you pray 40 hours and you don't keep the first part of it. I don't know if that prayer will get answered, but yeah, there's a condition to that. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. And first John, I think chapter three was talking about if you love one another, then my father and I will come and make my home in you. So it's all about that commandment of love. When we keep God's commandments and when we keep that relationship with God, then we can have an effective prayer. Okay, all that being said, prayer works. So my topic was a question. Those prayer works, I can tell you confidently, it works because God is in control. And God's sovereignty is also uh, a big tool for us to receive answers to prayer. Because if God knows everything, can, He can do everything. And we pray to God who can do everything. We are sure that we can receive an answer. That's right. So if we don't receive an answer, it's not because there is no resource, but it's a case of from our own part or other elements as we discussed earlier. And it's a different thing from trying to ask something from a limited source Example, if you remember the story of the prophet of Baal, so they were praying to a to gods that have no half years but cannot hear or have more but cannot speak. So they are limited in their capability. But again, we have a God who is almighty. Some 46 verse thing that says the Lord of hosts is with us, the Lord of Jacob is our portrait. Mm -hmm. So when we think of the Lord of hosts being with you, it wasn't Elijah that prayed that God put that's my servant, but he might see the armies that are for us. So when we understand the mightiness of God, that God Almighty, God Almighty, so is an assurance that he's able to bring everything to pass. Uh, he was saying to do away very when I was preaching that, very when, I, when I done that, that God who made the heavens and the earth, and he doesn't live with um, house, um, with houses made by human hands. So it's just that mightiness of who God is, and it's a proof of our receiving our prayers or whatever we pray for or whatever, whatever we ask for in prayers. Again, I don't want to make me look like prayer, like request, but it's all about like enforcing God's mind and God's will. It could be anything. So you don't like APC, you don't like PDP. You want to change, <laughs> but that's by the way. Every change life of a prayer of a believer is a positive proof that prayer works. Again, we talked about how um, important testimonies are and how they sort of like show everyone that God actually does things. Yeah, if I come to that, I've not had medicine in over three years now. It's not because I'm too careful of hygiene or anything like that, but because I'm a scientist, I don't feel like that. No, but it's all about like I saw from the word that he yeah, has taken our infirmities and I held on to that. So sometimes it's all about like this one that, okay, does is the Bible actually true? Maybe people can tell you like, is it a case of like lack of translation? But you've I've taken away from the Bible and held on to it, and I saw result from it. So I'm sure, certainly, that the Bible is true and the Word of God is living and active. Um, Hebrews chapter four. So faith is a prerequisite for an effective prayer. Again, Hebrews eleven verse six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Everyone that must come to God must first believe that He is, and the word of them that diligently seek it. 
So when we pray to God, we must first believe that he answers prayer. Now, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. James chapter 5, verse 16. So again, we know that sin is a hindrance to God. The Bible says that be holy as I am holy. So we ought to like pick up the nature of God, which is a nature of holiness, because we want to come in with God closely. We don't want to start from afar and be shouting. Maybe when you start from afar and shout, echoes and all this is my list of your voice, but you want to have that close connection with God. So that's why we have to um, be in the place of Christ and be transformed to God's image. Now, praying people have reported miracles and answers to prayer that they never would have imagined and certainly couldn't have created on their own. They believe their prayer made a difference. And I also believe, I also put my own name, I believe that uh, prayer makes a difference in certain things. So, um, yeah, thank you all for the contribution and for listening. Thank you very much, sir. Let's put our hands together like Sister Ife just did. Dr. Henry, it's wonderful. Thanks for facilitating the conversation. <clears throat> um, I mean, I've learned so much just listening to our contributions and from our facilitator as well. It speaks as though, I mean, with this gentle voice, yet it's dishing out like big. <laughs> Every statement is powerful and he's saying it like, yeah, it's just there, it's just there. <laughs> I like it. I like I like to put that minister like that. Anyways, um, thank you so much. Um, and we are we are going to wrap up. Uh, it's it's past the time we're supposed to finish, anyways. Um, but thanks again to everyone that participated, uh, logged in. I know a couple of people have actually had to go. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you all. Um, there is no tying up as such to do today. Um I I remember while you were speaking um, a couple of things that I just thought maybe I could say one or two things about is one the issue of the scripture that spoke about um, um, fasting um, in that sense I think that's Matthew seventeen let me see I think I opened it the other time um, basically just to mention the fact that really in the in most original manuscripts or older manuscripts, the verse 21 that says that um, this thing cannot go out except by prayer and fasting is not included in many older manuscripts, as they would say, um, such that it looks like a later addition. But that's not to say that fasting in and of itself is useless. I, I thought to make that point to say some people have taken that verse like that to mean that there are some things that you will never get from God until you fast. And I, I don't think that's exactly what the situation is or that's exactly what Jesus meant. Because at the end of the day, your fasting doesn't have a bearing on, a direct bearing, I should say, on whether or not your prayer is answered. The fasting is for you to position yourself in a position where you are able to, as it were, be more open to receive what God um, is saying to you. Um, so yeah, that's one thing I, I thought to point out. And the second one with this um, lovely scripture on the last slide, the James 5.16, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And sometimes I've, um, back when I, I still did not fully understand what salvation is, and I used to think that to be saved is to be perfect. And so because I have found myself continually doing the things that I thought I've repented of, I had to continue to give my life to Christ again and again and again and again. Um, until I got to understand that this journey of, of faith, being saved, is an introduction or a welcome into a journey of sanctification that will take the rest of my life. 
and that then begin to make sense. So before I will read something like this and think, okay, because I am not righteous, my prayer cannot be powerful and effective. But now I know that being righteous in this sense is first and foremost standing in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which we have positionally have access to. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.21, either and no sin became sin for us so that in him, we can become the righteousness of, of God. Um, and so ever since that then came alive to me, many of the scriptures in the Old Testament where you would see, especially in the Psalms or in the prophets, you see something like the righteous, so and so we happen to the righteous. The righteous shall be like a tree that is planted. The righteous, I began to claim that for myself because now I know that I qualify, quote unquote, to enjoy those promises and blessings. Um, yeah. And lastly, uh, let me see if there's any other thing I noted down. But yeah, I, I've had a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, that's, that's it from me, really. Um, and let's just continue to pray. Uh, as we were wrapping up, I was looking at Sister Ife, and God, God was making me see how she looked really beautiful. Um, and as I, it was the beauty that I was looking at, and then God began to then flash me back to those times when I used to first of all go and visit her in a hostel and she's still kind of reluctant to wanting to come to church and wanting to, she, there, was, there was a vibe around her that I just kept, I, all I could do was just to continue to talk to God really. And then to see that is the same sister you can now that is <laughs> looking ever so beautiful, ever so, I've learned so much from her and from her work with God over the years. I'm just like, wow, yeah, all taste and see. That the Lord is good, so yeah.